Well, the word is out. The Dodgers are world's champions. Brian Bershinger, co-host with Bill Benson of the legendary Swing Shift podcast. It's time for Dodger baseball. And we exhale, breathe in, peace, tranquility, everything that we weren't able to experience yesterday because the Dodgers did win a one-game playoff. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I still haven't fully recovered from yeah, the anxiety. You, that I what, are you, uh, what are you exhaling about? They play the Giants next. There's no time to exhale. Honestly, this series I'm I'm way more relaxed for than that one game playoff, and and we'll 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 get into why. We're your favorite radio professionals with an amateur podcast. This is Swing Shift with Ryan and Bo. I am Ryan Bershinger. He is Bo Benson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Swing Shift RNB. We are a top ten Dodger podcast. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, yeah. So the Dodgers win. The Dodgers win in incredible walk off fashion. A one game playoff against the St. Louis Cardinals showing uh, how great one game playoffs can in fact be for baseball and how uh, incredibly torturous and painful they can be for people who actually care about the teams in that one game playoff. Yeah. Re- real quick. Um, not only are we a top 10 Dodgers podcast, mm-hmm. we are also the Dodgers podcast in quotation marks per my mother. So um, that's another accolade we got to add. Uh, we are the Dodgers podcast. Perfect. Thank you. With quotation marks for some reason. Um, Quote unquote Dodgers. Yeah, like you're going to turn it on and you're going to expect the Dodgers, but it's not actually. uh, Yeah, that was the most torturous game I think I've ever watched. Um, Even more so than like some elimination games that Mm -hmm. I've watched. Uh, Just knowing that it didn't like it did not matter what like and. And it's set up so perfectly for the Dodgers to lose that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had resigned to that fate when Trey Turner grounded out or, you know, hit into that double play with the bases loaded. Um, I have a confession to make. Uh, you've you've referenced uh, how I am during playoff games, and he's, yeah. he's not kidding. Uh, it is I am, in fact, an unbearable person to be around while the Dodgers are playing in the playoffs, uh, especially if it's an important and very tight game. Um I, uh, when Trey Turner grounded into that double play, um, I, I, I kicked the chair (laughs) that's, that's in (laughs) our work studio and, um, uh, my foot still hurts. (laughs) I kicked the bottom of the chair with uh, the top of my foot and, uh, there's a bruise there that, that still, still hurts pretty bad. I deserve that. Um, I, I shouldn't have that sort of temperament, but, um, you know, it's okay. It's, it's fine. Uh, it's just because I care, God damn it. And sometimes I care to the point where I question why I care so much, but, um, yes. So let, let's kind of get into the weeds of specific moments that happened, uh, throughout a very torturous eight and a half innings and then complete and utter bliss for uh, a couple pitches and for the remainder of the night for us. So, uh, first off, let's talk about how Max Scherzer, did not have his best stuff. It was very obvious from the get-go. He labored in the first inning. Um, my overall takeaway from Scherzer's performance was at least he was missing outside of the zone. 
it, it was different from where Garrett Cole was missing in the zone also because uh, he can't throw anymore without his special stuff. But uh, Garrett Cole was giving up bombs because he's missing in the zone. Scherzer was missing out. He was missing uh, low and away. He wasn't getting swing and miss stuff on the pitches that he was missing on. So he walked more guys. He didn't get too many strikeouts. I believe what just, uh, yeah, four strikeouts, to three walks. Um, it was very apparent from the get go that Scherzer did not have his best stuff. And then, uh, they, they scored on a wild pitch, which I thought was more Max's fault than it was Will Smith's. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I so. uh, it seemed like Ron Darling didn't fully agree with that, but. Oh my God. Whatever. Well, yeah, no, that crew was horrid. Yeah. I, I like darling is on the Mets crew and I saw like some Twitter poll where uh, it was you know a bracket where they kind of put together all the different broadcast crews and I think the Mets crew like won or went very far and I don't understand that because I think darling's awful yeah but, no they're not good <laughs> whatever um, anyway so yeah it was very obvious from the get-go that Scherzer did not have his best stuff and we kind of unfortunately this is the the slight drawback of Max Scherzer in the postseason. We have seen this before from Max. We've been on the uh, beneficiary side of Max's struggles in the postseason prior to that. And you remember uh, a jock hitting a, a home run off of Scherzer in the 2019 uh, division series. Doesn't matter how that series ended, but um, Max is somebody who obviously gets very well, psyched up. I think for these games, and it's slightly to his detriment at times. Wasn't that home run by jock in like 2017? Maybe 2016. I might be citing something. Different. Yeah, no, that was like they were like in a game seven with the Nationals. And that was like that. I think that either tied the game or t- the Dodgers took the lead on that. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, You know, small sample sizes and all that. So uh, things get inflated. No, well, um, yes. Corrections and retractions. That was in 2016. Oh, it, it all blends. Oh, together. my God. Wow. My, my, my. How the turns tables. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, like statistically, Verlander is not great in the postseason. Uh, yeah, Clayton Kershaw is not great in the postseason. No, um, it, but it, it's it's more individual moments in the postseason mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and that's why, uh, you know, for all uh, the all all the shit that he deservedly gets, I think Dave Roberts managed that game yesterday perfectly. Um, yeah, pulled uh pulled Max when he should have. Um, I I mean. I wouldn't have gone to Gratterall, but it worked. So whatever. Right. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> well, they went to, to, to Kelly when he pulled Scherzer. Yeah. And okay. Then, yeah, and then right. Gratterall. And then Gratterall yeah. Uh, neither move I would have made, but they worked. So good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Max was very clearly laboring. And I was, once I saw that wild pitch, I was like, oh, that's going to be the only run for like seven innings. Mm-hmm. I think my, my point about Max in the postseason, it's not that he's, a bad postseason pitcher, and I still have full and complete confidence in him uh, facing the Giants. And and if we move past that, any start that we're throwing Max Scherzer in, you have to be confident he's Max Scherzer. He's he, he's probably going to win Cy Young this season, and he's still one of the best in the game for good reason. Um, I think that what we saw from Max is that he very clearly tries to pitch through his issues, um, where if he's not feeling it, there are moments where he gets it back. And uh, he was able to strike out Tyler O'Neill as his last batter. And I think that's why he was so reluctant to, to, to give up the ball initially to, to Dave, uh, because he was, he was leaving on a high note, which is not something you typically see uh, uh, pitchers and, and managers do. So it was great to see Dave actually make that move. That specific move um, 
I, I knew the second it happened and, and other people remarked about this as well. It simultaneously felt like a fantastic move and a horrible move at the same time. <laughs> so like <laughs> it was very hard. And because I think we're conditioned to assume that Dave's uh, moves to the bullpen in the playoffs are going to fail. Uh, everybody just kind of tensed up and thought this is, this is not going to work uh, going to Joe, especially like, Trying and seems like a more ideal guy to put into that specific situation. I think that again, this is kind of Dave looking a little bit further down the game plan and, and wanting to use trying and later on in the game, a more specific role, which is what he did. And it worked incredibly well because he brought when he brought in trying and it was the lineup flipping over again. So he wanted to have trying to face that top of the order again and go through and get uh, more than one inning, which they were able to get out of him. And because of that double switch, it brought in Chris Taylor, which that again, like because every single move worked, this looked like a masterclass from Dave Roberts. But as we've said in the past, like a manager is really only as good as their bullpen makes them look. And the bullpen yeah. made Dave look like a genius last night. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's the funny thing about baseball, man. I don't know. Like I, as much as I hate Dave Roberts, um, he very clearly keeps that locker room afloat. And I think that's the most important thing because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, the guys have to go out there and actually do their jobs. And a lot of the times they didn't mm-hmm. now, is that like a lot of, sometimes that's because Dave didn't put them in the best position. Like, you know, always bringing in Pedro Baez with runners on yeah. or bringing in Clayton Kershaw to face uh, Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it worked last night and you can only hope that it keeps working. And, and kind of like what I texted you when uh, Wainwright ran into Turner, like a guy's only cruising for as long as he's cruising. You yeah. Know? And then eventually uh, everybody stopped at some point. And it was nice that, you know, they at least scratched that run across for Wainwright. And before we move on, can we please talk about that quote from him? The, Where just, he was kind of like, look, we tried, I guess. Yeah, like, he's, <laughs> you know, we made him sweat. <laughs> yeah. God, <laughs> taking That's, away a moral victory from a, yeah. a loss in a one game wild. Yeah, playoff. you can yeah. you can think about that all off season long, Adam. <laughs> God damn, that's this that's that was just sad. Yeah, yeah, that's a sad that's a sad thing to see from somebody that's been as good as Adam Wainwright has for a long time. And I think the big point too with with Scherzer's outing, especially, uh, I think we can all relate to Max Scherzer in yesterday's game, and the reason why I say that is because. Um, I felt more nervous and more, I felt literally sick to my stomach in like the eighth inning um, because of the fact that this was a one game wildcard playoff that the Dodgers are a 106 win team going into this game, the most wins ever for a wildcard team. They shouldn't have to be in this situation. And if they were to lose it, I feel like the Dodgers had, they had so much more to lose yesterday than the Cardinals did. And so we're in this situation where if the Dodgers lose this one game wildcard playoff, we're angry at like anything and everything. Oh, and yeah. I, so I am I am honestly way more calm going into this series with the Giants, despite the fact that the Giants are the only team in the majors that had more wins than we did. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. no, I, I agree. And I just think I think the more I, the more I think about that, too, like the Giants having 107 wins and all that stuff, mm-hmm. like they had one more win than the Dodgers and one more win over the Dodgers in the season series. And they never really blew them out. I think the Dodgers worst loss of the giants was probably that Bueller start in San Francisco. I think. Yeah. 
that I, sounds right. That's the only one I can think of that was not because of some bullshit like Darren Ruff not getting called on a swing or Sheldon Noisy not stretching at second or Will Smith having to play first base. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think the idea that they can lose on Friday and it's not the end of the series makes it a lot easier to stomach than uh, yesterday would would have been. But I think once we get into like game three, if the Dodgers haven't already won the series, I think it's going to be just as miserable. Yeah. And I think, I think from the get go, I think Max was feeling that tension and he was feeling that pressure. And so in that first inning where he was a little rough, suddenly now you kind of have to try and over adjust and try to find those pitches that are going to work. And in the end, like he doesn't have a bad stat line at all, but it is very comforting to see like even national talking heads who don't typically talk baseball much, like are all praising Dave for the decision to pull Max when he did, which is terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, And like, that could have so easily backfired. But even like even Colin Cowherd today was talking about how great of a move that was because it was very obvious that Scherzer did not have his best best stuff. Um, I think it's 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 also great to feel like a lot of people were watching this game as intently as we were, um, and and that's why I feel like uh, these wild card games were oddly enough fantastic for baseball. And again, I still stand by my point that I think that this is the last time they're going to do the one game wild card. I do think the the playoffs are still going to expand this, uh, this off season, but how incredibly exciting this game was specifically um, is going to make that a little tougher. I I think that there's a little more evidence to keep it this way. Now there's uh, so I don't know. I I think it'll depend on the ratings that come back. Sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, another series is going to get them more money than a one game wild card. Right. And exactly. I, it's, it's, they, MLB averted disaster. Mm-hmm. They really did. Like they, they were on the precipice of not having New York or Los Angeles in the playoffs. Yeah. And that would have been, uh, that would have been disastrous for them. So I don't think they have any interest in, in flirting with that again. No. Um, I just ask if you're going to expand the, expand the playoffs, just, do like NBA style bracketing, please <laughs> recede. Cause there's no reason. Yeah. There's no reason the 107 win team and the 106 win team should be essentially playing in the first round of the playoffs. There's yeah. no reason for that. No, no, that's no. foolish. I saw, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. The ratings for the Yankees Red Sox game were gigantic. Like, like it was oh, the yeah. most successful baseball game in, in years. It might've been a decade or something like that. I, I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but um, they were they were huge. It was a huge success. So, and I'd imagine the ratings for this game were also incredibly strong. We're we're talking a lot about the the pitching aspect, and I do want to quickly highlight a couple other things. First of all, uh, Joe Kelly coming in and not only doing his job but doing it fantastically because he he almost got out of it on one batter. He basically had a double play ball, but uh, because um, the runner coming to third. I think it was Edmund uh, kind of stopped there. Turner had no choice but to just get the sure out at third. And then Kelly had to pitch to another batter and strike him out. Um, that was fantastic. Brewstar Gratterall got two outs on three pitches, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then made actually what turned out to be one of the best moves of the game, which was uh, throwing, a pick, uh, throwing a pitch basically at Harrison Bader's head on accident, um, which then – forced Mike Schilt to not hit for Adam Wainwright, which was a great move for us. Yeah. The, <laughs> that's one of those other like micro moments in the game that actually worked out. Yeah. Like, 
which is like, I, I just, again, that's what the playoffs are about. It's that kind of shit. You don't really think about in the regular season. Cause there's another game tomorrow, but in the playoffs, there's not necessarily another game tomorrow. So everything kind of, uh, everything kind of is magnified and changes like that and, and like, like stuff like that. So it's, mm. and that's why it's so goddamn stressful. Yeah. Why well, I hate it so much. <laughs> um, and then by also uh, getting to Wainwright in that inning, then you had the top of the lineup for the next inning in which uh, Blake Trinan was then double switched in. Um, and now you've got Trinan facing the top of the order, which works great the first time through. He did walk Tyler O'Neill, but um, he had a, that, that tense at bat with, with Nolan Arenado that ended up Arenado fouling out to first. Um, and then you kept Trinan in for the eighth inning, which was a move that I liked. Um, and then going to Corey Knable in a, in a pretty tense spot there as well. Um, it, that was also great to see because it's great to see Knable being used in high leverage situations and coming through in that high leverage situation. It just gives us another reliable weapon out of the pen. Um, so that was, I, I thought, fantastic to see for the postseason moving forward. And then Kenley Jansen comes in in the ninth inning in a 1-1 ball game in a one-game wildcard playoff, which is uh, a situation that all season and even yesterday, I'm sure caused people to lose their fucking minds over. But here's the thing. Kenley looked fantastic. And I, I think that you saw the key to Kenley performing well last night, which is he came out loose. He came out confident. He wasn't uh, overthrowing his pitches. He he didn't look rattled in the slightest after Edmund got a single. Um, and that is the Kenley Jansen that we need to see during the postseason when he's yeah. doing his shimmy on the mound you know he's in the zone and even with a runner on second which is something that he's typically deathly afraid of which is something that he's he's intentionally balked guys over because he doesn't like people standing behind him and potentially relaying signs kenley looked loose and confident and that is incredibly key so if we're getting that kenley jansen out of the bullpen just calm down a little bit because he's locked in and, and he's going to do his job, and he did fantastic. And he got Tyler O'Neill and Paul Goldschmidt to strike out, which was incredible. He struck out the side. He, he, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he struck out yeah. he, all three outs on a strikeout. Tommy Edmond had that hit, but he still was striking out everyone, and that's huge. Kenley looked confident, and he's missing bats. That's wonderful. Yeah, no, I, I, I wonder how much of that runner on second thing stems from uh, stems from 2017. And the Astros, because <laughs> um, I don't really ever remember him having an issue with that before. Mm-hmm. But he also never sucked enough to have runners on all the time <laughs> before either. So, um, very interesting. And uh, well, let's let's look at the offense as a whole now, because obviously we know what happens in the bottom of the ninth inning. But um, offensively throughout the game. Uh, the Dodgers were kind of struggling to get things going, but especially in the first few innings, and this was adding to just how incredibly anxiety-inducing and frustrating this game was, they were hitting balls well that were just being played incredibly well as long as they weren't, uh, you know, whenever it was hit at and Mundo Sosa, uh, it, that would be a hit. Everywhere else, yeah. though, <laughs> poor guy. Um, everywhere else, though, if it was hit in a 10-foot vicinity of literally any other player, they would catch it. Like in the first inning where fucking uh, that, that Turner drills a ball right back at Adam Wainwright, yeah. should have been an easy single. Um, 
that was super frustrating. Will Smith's hit, um, which uh, w- probably would have broken the tie with Trey Turner on first. Smith's hit was going towards the gap. Oh, yeah, no. It, Turner would have scored. Yeah. And that's I, I feel like Paul Turner scores in. on soft singles into the outfield, let alone right. uh, let alone balls that are clearly traveling into the gap. Yeah. So like that was adding to the frustration is like there were plenty of hard hit balls that were just being caught. Um, and the Cardinals are, are a fantastic defensive team. Um, but, you know, it things kind of did even out because of Edmundo Sosa. So um, sorry, Sosa, you know. Yeah, it's just, it, but it is what it is. A lot I was just team. before the game. I was curious how the Cards had Maguire and Sosa in their lineup, but <laughs> it's okay. We had Ron Say and uh, <laughs> Matt Kemp in, uh, in yeah. the lineup, so it was all good. Um, so, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, of course, the the best opportunity they had to to really break things open was you had the bases loaded with Trey Turner up and one out, um, and they were getting Wainwright to work. And I was hoping to God, and we were talking about this. Um, I just wanted the Dodgers to rock Adam Wainwright because yeah. he was all you already got the feeling like the broadcasters and a lot of a lot of old baseball heads were were so prepared to like just get so romantic over Adam Wainwright. And it was just like, uh, come on, like he's not that good. He had a very good season, but like you can't be ignoring the fact that Max Scherzer is literally the other pitcher when you're sitting here waxing poetic about Adam Wainwright. So I, I wanted them so bad to get to him. Justin Turner, who uh, may be the greatest Dodgers postseason performer ever. Yes. Uh, getting getting that home run, which is if they fantastic. If they do not get rid of that stupid Hall of Fame only stipulation for retiring jerseys. Mm-hmm. They need to be shot. Like, I don't care who it is. It's so stupid. There's no reason that Valenzuela, Hershiser, and Turner shouldn't have their numbers retired. None. Absolutely none. Mm-hmm. It's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, like, there was nobody else that was going to break that, you know, that was going to tie that game than Turner um, since he's the only guy in the Dodgers that seems to know how to hit curveballs. Right. <laughs> um but yeah i just it irks me to no end and i hope at least yeah valenzuela's number not being retired is ridiculous but when turner's done like you're probably correct he's going to go down as like the dodgers best postseason player ever um and like they would not be in the position they're in without justin turner i don't think no. and that's like overall mm-hmm. like I, I think this new this, this era of Dodgers baseball that actually knows what it takes to win and puts themselves in the position to do it. I think it all started with Justin. Yeah. Um, so they need to do right by him, especially he's a hometown kid. Like he grew mm-hmm. up a Dodgers fan. He won a world series here. Like what the hell are we doing? Yeah. And it's, it's just a, such an insane stipulation with how hard it is to make the baseball hall of fame. Right. Um, so it, it please God, like because right now you're you're what looking at just twenty two, right? Like, yeah, maybe fifty, maybe, but um, that would probably take one or two more World Series titles in the <laughs> lifespan of that contract. So I don't know. R- r- yeah, rant over. Just respect <laughs> your legends, man. Yeah. Um. Speaking of which, you know, Mookie did have two hits yesterday, and he was he was playing rather well. Um, he had that that catch against the wall in the first inning, and I saw some people throw around the idea of maybe Mookie should have let that drop. 
Um, but I think with the way that Scherzer was already a little rocky to start the game, you have to just take the outs when you can get them. So um, I, I, I thought that was fine. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, the big moment, of course, Trey Turner up with the bases loaded and one out um, works the count to three, two. And the pitch he did swing at was outside the zone. But um, I, I, you kind of have to swing at anything that's close there in that sort of situation. It was very clear, too, that Trey was just trying to foul it off. Uh, he, I don't think he was actually trying to hit that ball in play. And unfortunately, yeah. it hit the, a spot on the bat where it broke the bat and just went forward. Um, and then there's really not much you can do about it at oh that point. God, Matt Stafford stinks. <laughs> uh, sorry, behind the curtains. He's oh just saying goodness. that in general. Uh, if you're someone who is aware of our work schedules, um, don't ask questions. So yeah. uh, <laughs> he's just, you know, he's just, just throwing things out there in general. Um, let's look at, uh, oh, offensively speaking. Okay. So Matt Beatty was the first baseman. Um, and then Billy McKinney <laughs> came in later into the game to play first base. And I think that um, the takeaway here is that, uh, getting used to the fact that Billy McKinney is going to be on the playoff roster if Max Muncy is not healthy. So, uh, because apparently like those are our only options to play first. Granted, Albert Pujols can't play first base, but um, I think that, you know, Billy McKinney does have first base eligibility in MLB The Show 2019. So, so calm down. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Beatty gave fine at bats. I, I think you just kind of have to roll with what you can there. The, the big story though in the lineup, of course, was Cody Bellinger reaching base three times uh one for two with the single of course scored on chris taylor's home run because he he drew that walk uh in the ninth inning also stole two bases um cody had a great game and the dodgers don't win that game without cody's performance so like that instantly makes uh, his entire regular season kind of like irrelevant in a way in the grand scheme of things of course it's not irrelevant it's, it's an incredibly concerning thing that Cody Bellinger uh, had the season he did but um, in terms of the production that he's adding for the team he was insanely valuable in the wild card game and uh, I, I think that's very promising for him moving forward I think that's confidence that he desperately needs and to see that sort of patience at the plate, especially taking pitches with two strikes, that's something we didn't see from Cody in postseasons past. You know, I, I, especially in, uh, in in 2017 and 2018, um, there were there were times where both him and Seager, if you just threw curveballs at their back foot, they would swing at it and miss. Uh, Cody's discipline is there, which is great. Um, it, when he's swinging at pitches in the zone, he does miss for the most part, but. Um, the fact that he's taking pitches, especially with two strikes, I think is is incredibly great to see his ability on the base paths. I know people were questioning why Trey Turner wasn't being sent at all to try to steal. But the fact that Cody was able to swipe two bags, um, I, I think is huge. Uh, and he kind of is probably solidifying his place, at least for the Giants series, in center field and in the lineup. So that was fantastic to see. Uh, it's it's pretty wild that like the most valuable people in the wild card win are guys who struggled greatly in the last month in Cody <laughs> and Chris Taylor. And then you have uh, Kenley Jansen's huge inning, somebody who's been a, a, a hot topic throughout the season. And then you have Dave Roberts managing incredibly well, something that uh, people don't often point out from Dave. So uh, I, I think it's just, it's really, really, uh, 
it, it brings a lot of optimism to see that the guys who have struggled at producing produced like crazy in this game. And then you still had Trey Turner and Mookie and Justin Turner uh, uh, producing pretty well as well. So it, that's how you win championships, right? Like the stars play like stars and then the role players play above role player level. It's so, offensive to me that you just called Cody Bellinger a role player, but <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> that's that's like, it's like kind of how you have to view him at the moment. Yeah, no, and that's that's uh, that's what we saw last year. Like Mookie played like a star, and Walker mm-hmm. pitched like a star. But yeah, I mean, to me, the playoffs has always been about that one random dude that gets hot for one team mm-hmm. and carries them, and. Um, you know, I'm fairly certain that it's going to be Tommy LaStella for the Giants. So, yeah. um, hopefully the Dodgers have a guy. Maybe that's Bellinger this year. Who knows? Maybe Cody's just going to find it in the playoffs and stay hot. Um, but that's just how baseball playoffs are. It's just such a small microcosm of the season. Um, you know, like during the season, there was a month where Cody looked like he was back and then he fell off again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he hits like that, if he hits like he did that month now, then I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that another thing that Dave did really well is that double switch in which you took out AJ Pollock and brought in Chris Taylor. Now, part of that largely was because of where they were at in the lineup at that time. But AJ gave some pretty bad at-bats. And uh, Dave recognized that. And instead of just sticking with him, which is something that he tends to do, when guys are struggling, he kind of tries to, to stick with them and show that he's, he's right there by their side. But in do or die games like this, he can't, he will pull the trigger like that. And he got Chris Taylor in despite the fact that Chris Taylor had been struggling over the last month. But uh, also for defensive purposes, I, I think that that was something he was, he was definitely considering there. But then for Chris Taylor to obviously come through in the way that he did, um, that at bat against Alex Reyes, I know that like Cardinals fans lost their minds when when Reyes came in. Uh, I I don't know the Cardinals bullpen well enough to say whether or not that was the correct move there, but um, Reyes gave a, a couple of not great pitches and then just piped one on two and one, which um, you know you're trying to get back into the zone on that sort of pitch, but he hung it a little bit. Taylor destroys it 420 feet uh, and. Uh, and then what's really funny, too, is if you rewatch the, the highlight of the home run, the second Taylor makes contact with it, Reyes is walking towards the dugout. Yeah. Did you see the did you see the angle that was focused on the Dodgers uh, dugout? Um, no, because uh, Arenado did the same thing. <laughs> he, he looked back for a second and then he just walked away, so funny. Uh, which for him, I mean, I'm sure he's just tired of seeing that. Yeah. Which, uh, you know. Come on over, man. Yeah. yeah. Be a little easier. What are you what are you waiting for? Um, and in terms of like off the field stuff, before we move into the division series, we do have to talk about how cool it was that Juan Soto was there. Um, oh, I thought you were gonna say how cool it was that Trevor Bauer reappeared before the game. <laughs> well, that's how I was watching the game. There was a really cool live stream of a couple <laughs> dudes sitting on a couch. You're actually there. I mean <laughs> I was with him. And yeah, he was. Uh, it was weird. It, I'm not gonna lie. It was. It was a little weird. He he just kept talking about how you know he he obviously likes some of the guys on the Dodgers, but man, St. Louis just has the best fans. Yeah, and he no. just kept repeating um, that over and over. And I really, 
really felt uncomfortable. He kept trying to get me to go covidvaxexposed.com, <laughs> which I thought was a little weird. <laughs> oh, God. Um, fuck that guy. Like, like, he said he wasn't going to be a distraction, and then he proceeds to oh, like, of course, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to. He's such a twat. Stupid. Um, I, I also can't imagine people choosing that as their method of watching the playoffs this season. Um, but Power you, know, cast. <laughs> you do you, Moneyball Steve. Uh. Um, so <laughs> let's, uh, uh, but yes, no, a, a much more significant player was watching that game, and that's Juan Soto. Um, first of all, I, I think it's really cool, especially a lot of people have been talking about how cool it is the fact that, like, you don't really ever see that in Major League Baseball, period. Uh, other guys showing up to watch other teams and especially in the way that he did even if you know if they do they do kind of like what Kawhi did when he watched his own team in the playoffs where they're like sitting up in the skybox and uh and just just hanging out with the commissioner or something um but uh he was down next to the field I think they were Scott Boris's seats um and I, I know that Boris and and Juan Soto appeared on the the post game show with uh, with David Vassay and and Vassay mentioned that that Boris and um and a couple of guys from the Nationals kind of made that happen for them. I don't want to look into anything, but um I think that that was really awesome to see. And Juan was very excited to watch the Dodgers win that game, and I'm sure it was just because you know he's friends with Trey and Max. There there's you know. I, I want to believe, though. I want to believe that, that he he was watching how uh, how fun it was to be on the Dodgers and just uh, maybe nudging Boris a little bit, and then Scott Boris is gonna ask for six hundred million dollars. <laughs> but hey, it's not my money. It's Juan Soto. He's Ted Williams, so you gotta make it happen. Uh... Yeah, I mean, if you're the Nationals and you let Juan Soto get away, you should probably just be forced to move to Montreal. <laughs> Like, no question about it. Yeah. Uh, like, Soto's the only guy, really, that I think is ever going to get close to Mike Trout in terms of, like, the stuff he does at the plate. Mm-hmm. Probably has a chance to, like, be better than Mike Trout, but at the plate, not as an overall player. I mean, yeah, clear. right. Maybe yeah. very clear, but, no. <laughs> like, yeah, the stuff that Soto does is the, at, at the plate is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Yeah maybe the best pure hitter of our lifetime yeah and, uh, and he's only what 25 uh, uh so they say <laughs> oh man um so yeah that was really cool to see it's cool to see people uh, uh you know showing up for their friends like that i think it also shows too that like trey turner and max scherzer are the type of guys that you want to show up for which i think is uh is really nice to have on the team uh, you know, Max had his fun interview post game where apparently he was drunk in 10 minutes and people were questioning that. But, you know, for, let's let's think of a couple things here. Um, the first of all, the one beer buzz is a very real thing. And uh, he, <laughs> he he had just been incredibly stressed, probably for way longer than any of us were. He's probably been stressed about this for days. And then you have the entire stress of the game and then the release of that emotion at the end with all that adrenaline and, and all that dopamine flowing and then you you dive into one beer and you haven't eaten in hours because you've been pitching and uh I'm, I'm sure that you know the alcohol hits you like that okay and he wasn't he wasn't hammered he probably just had a strong buzz combined with the fact that he was on on an emotional high and uh 
and and yeah, if you're trying to do an interview with uh, your your headset echoing back to you, it's really fucking difficult. So yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> give my Save man a it. break. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> give it a rest. Um, so I and like, I mean, when I saw the extent of how they were celebrating too, I was like, okay, you know, it is it is a little weird because it's a wild card game, but I think that because it's a one game playoff and how stressful that is. I think that comes into the amount of celebration there is going on. Also, this is, you know, they didn't get to celebrate any of their playoff wins in front of a home crowd last season. Yeah. So I think that that also really added to it. So uh, I, I don't think it's, it should be read as they're just celebrating a wild card win. I think it was, they went through an incredibly stressful anxiety inducing game and they had uh, as exciting of a finish as they could have had. And they finally get to celebrate in front of a home crowd in that manner. So that's that's where I'm cool with it. Yeah. No, I have no issues with it. No. Plus, then you know Turner and Scherzer get to see how, what it's like to party in the in LA. So yes, yeah, this is a good thing. All right. Do you have any other thoughts from uh, the one game wild card? No, not at all. Head empty. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was in the end. Thank God. Now, if I ever see any highlights of that game, I won't, you know, detest it like crazy um, because that could have very easily gone incredibly wrong for us. And I think that that's that was really the big takeaway is like all the missed opportunities that were going on through the game, watching Scherzer not have his best stuff. Um, all of that combined, like typically past Dodger teams lose that game <laughs> like that, yeah, that's 100%. I, I think that's where we kind of need to appreciate this Dodger team because the Dodgers of, of 2015 2016 they lose that game the Dodgers of 2021 don't and that is the difference that's the reason why we could very well be watching the you know the the best Dodger baseball we might ever see in our lifetime um <laughs> but, <laughs> uh so I hope that we can really bask in it and really appreciate it because yeah that's that's the big difference is dodgers of the past don't win that game and that's the reason why we're also so fucking stressed is because we're conditioned to believing that the 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 dodgers are not going to win that game so thank god thank god so now um we are gifted now with a uh five game series um, which might really be the actual World Series for this season, and that is the Dodgers versus Giants. Um, because I think you know, Foolish Baseball tweeted this out earlier today. Basically, um, every series gets easier for the Dodgers from here on out if they're able to, to you know, to advance through each series. Because uh, there's there's no the Brewers and the Braves are not better than the Giants. Um, I mean, the Giants shouldn't be this good, but the reality is is that like with the way the giants have played this season, you, you have to treat it like you're, you're, you know, facing the best team in baseball. So um, what do we know about the giants? Well, we've, we've seen them a good amount. As you said, the giants have uh, taken the, the, the season series by one game, uh, taken the NL West by one game. And uh, like us though, they are without their first baseman, no Brandon belt for the giants, which actually does matter to them. Uh, it doesn't feel like it should, but it does. Um, he, I think one reporter said that, uh, it's a pipe dream that he's back for the NLCS. That's kind of where we're at right now Ooh. with Brandon belt. And that's kind of, you know, maybe how we should also feel about Max Muncy, which is yeah, rather depressing. Um, this is a, a, a much more heavily left-handed team than the Cardinals. 
Um, you're going to be facing a lot of lefties in that lineup. As you mentioned, Tommy Lastella being <laughs> at the top of that lineup, Lamont Wade, uh, Mike Yastrzemski, of course, Brandon Crawford, MVP candidate, Brandon Crawford. This is just the fucking weirdest team to talk about. My God, like <laughs> MVP candidate, Brandon Crawford and, uh, and the top of the order featuring Tommy Lasella. And yes, this is a team that won 107 games. Um, of course they acquired Chris Bryant halfway through the season and he's fine. He's Chris Bryant, you know, so he, he can be very good for them. Um, he, he's not, he's, he hasn't played as well for them as he did to start the season at the start of the season. He looked like old Chris Bryant again, then he kind of did regress a little bit, but you know, he's still a very strong bat in the middle of the order. Um, they have a very, very strong bullpen. Uh, they're getting Jake McGee back. He hasn't pitched in like a month. And <laughs> yeah, again, Really weird talking about this team. Jake McGee is one of their best relievers in the in, in a very strong bullpen. Um, they have Camilo Doval, who was the uh, reliever Man, of the month. <laughs> he was the reliever of the month for the last season. Uh, he's a rookie, um, and like was, he threw some like twenty innings and and had a. Yeah, this is this is where we're at. Like this is uh, but you know they got Tyler Rogers has been very good for them. Um, they got guys like Charlin Garcia and Jose Alvarez. How many of those names have you made up? <laughs> Jose Alvarez played third base for the Pirates like four years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Um, I wonder if Scott Casimir will be on their playoff <laughs> roster. Jeez. Again, not a joke. Uh, Scott Casimir pitched like one of their, their final games of the season. This is the this is the San Francisco San Francisco Giants that won 107 games. So expect to see Logan Webb in Game One and Kevin Gossman in Game Two. That's already been announced. Um, Logan Webb actually finished the season as their best pitcher, even though Gossman looked uh, fantastic through the first half of the season. Uh, he he did regress a decent bit. Yeah, which half. Dave Fleming or whoever that dude is needs to look in the mirror for a minute. <laughs> that was one of the dumber things anybody said. <laughs> um, you'll probably get Anthony Desclafani in the in Game Three, or we get again uh, a ton of old friends here. Uh, Alex Wood could potentially. Uh, a man that I advocated for being on the postseason roster. He has been a stalwart in their rotation. Um, so, and then of course, Johnny Cueto is, is still there and like not terrible. Johnny Cueto yeah. contributed this season. Um, so they have a, a pretty strong staff. I still would take the Dodger staff over theirs, even without Clayton Kershaw, because you're figuring, okay, Walker Bueller against Logan Webb in game one we should have the advantage there. Uh, Julio Rios versus Kevin Gossman in game two. I, I want to say that the Dodgers have the advantage there because of the fact that the Giants lineup has more lefties in it than, uh, than most lineups, but um, they also find their ways to, to platoon guys. And uh, you know, if, if you, if they get the Gossman of the first half of the season, then they have the advantage there. Uh, game three should should be Dodgers because you're figuring Max Scherzer in game three. And regardless of it's, if it's Descofani or Wood in, in game three, uh, Dodgers should have advantage there. And then game four, we're probably looking at Tony Gonsolin. I don't think they try to throw Bueller on short rest because then you would also have to throw Julio on short rest in game five. Um, 
And I think the strategy there is just to go with a bullpen game in game four um, with Gonsolin yeah. being the opener there. And, uh, and then if it goes to game five, you've got Julio out of the pen in game five. So um, I, it's hard to predict a series with the Giants because on paper, the Dodgers are the better team. But on paper uh, has not been a phrase that's mattered at all for the San Francisco Giants this season. Ever, ever. On paper, they're a sub-500 team. Um, so I, I still – I think the Dodgers should win this series. And if the Dodgers win this series, I think they're winning the World Series. Yeah. Um, but it's very hard. It's very hard to say with confidence what's going to happen against the San Francisco Giants this season because that's just the reality of what this Giants team is. They kind of defy all laws of physics. So take that as you will. Because that cheating machine up there goes crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, Dodgers in the flimsiest of five games mm-hmm. imaginable. Like the flimsiest five games. I do want to congratulate friend of the show, Jimmy Shervey. <laughs> Not friend of the show, just the dude that was on my CYBA team in seventh grade. Um, uh, because if either the Dodgers or the Giants win the World Series, he gets himself a ring. So bringing a, bringing a ring home to Camarillo. Well, there you go. And that's <laughs> and all there's that the silver lining. That's, yeah. that's really it. That's really it. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's really the biggest takeaway. Like, look, we host a baseball podcast. Like, I wish I could I could give you more uh, detailed analysis of of what to expect in this series. But when you're facing the Giants, it's hard to really expect anything. Like, like it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything is on the table. <sighs> like they like I, they go deep. They yeah. they get very strong, surprising production from guys off of the bench. I think the only hope, well, not the only hope, because you're right. Like the Dodgers are better and Mm. they should, they should win the series. I think if they're going to, it's going to be in five games, but um, it's just, who knows, man, maybe they have just been riding an insane wave of luck for the entire season. (laughs) And maybe it does. Maybe the wheels just come off. Who knows? I mean, Logan Webb being their best pitcher, not something that I ever would have thought. I don't even know who Logan Webb is, um, you know, but also Gossman pitching to like a one ERA in the first half was stupid because he's been DFA'd mm. everywhere. Yeah. Um, I remember prior to the season when the, when the giants offered the qualifying offer to Kevin Gossman, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Why are they, yeah. <laughs> is he worth that? And then um, oh like that, all of their veterans Peak, you know, peak performance, Lamont Wade being like one of the best bench players in baseball. Mm-hmm. Like it's none of it makes any sense. And no. there's either, there's, there's two options there. They're either really lucky or they're really good. And I just, I don't know. It's probably a mix of both, but there's just some stuff that doesn't compute. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. And I, I would, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I think the Dodgers will win, but it's not going to shock me at all if the Giants sweep them because it's just baseball is stupid. Yeah. I think that, like, the way that I try to rationalize and understand the Giants is, um, I mean, like, 
I, I don't want to go down the cheating route because I like honestly don't think that they are. No, like, I, I, I don't. I, I don't, I, think, I, so I don't think that. Um, I think that it's just the dream scenario for for Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler, where they found this group of players that they can, in fact, use as a puzzle that, that they can they can pinpoint their abilities. They can quantify everything that they do, and then they just mix and match in, in accordance to whatever's going to give them the best outcome that it's the analytic dream is in essence, what the giants are. And I, I think that like their proof, I mean, the Dodgers obviously have been using analytics since uh, for a very long time and every team does now, but like the giants are exactly what I, I don't want to even call them what the Oakland A's were because the Oakland A's had had like Moneyball A's still had fucking Miguel Tejada as an MVP. They had they had the best starting rotation in baseball. Like they they were still uh, built upon stars and they had uh, perfect role players fit into to specific scenarios. Um, this team, the the stars on this team are guys who were almost stars or close to stars like five seven years ago and uh the role players are just guys who continually get the job done regardless of what it is um when when we had Wyatt on the show he made the great point about like the the way that they manage their bullpen is pretty perfect because there is no there is no set closer so there's no sort of politics in the bullpen they're able to mix and match exactly as the game dictates and so because of that like they're able to find ways to win in that manner because they can just plug guys into the exact situations that work best for them. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's kind of the way I try to understand the giants, but I don't know, man. Just... There's still, there's still just a point where like, it doesn't make sense though. Yeah. Like at some point, like human error comes in, like baseball is the one sport where you cannot be like a perfectly oiled machine and be successful every time you step on the field. Right. That's just, it's not, the, the 2017, or not the 2017, the 2007 Patriots that went 17 and one or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like every time that offense stepped on the field, you knew they were scoring a touchdown just because that that's how it was. Like mm-hmm. football is a sport like that where you just can't stop guys. But baseball, there's just too much individual stuff that can affect the game. Like I, <laughs> like legit, I think the butterfly effect has more of an impact on the like minute to minute basis in baseball than in any other sport there is like if there's a single bead of sweat on like Kevin Gossman's finger that wasn't there before the pitch that's going to come out could be entirely different than it would have been otherwise and maybe it spins a different way away from somebody and the Giants just didn't ever seem to have moments like that this year I don't I don't know I I just it's so hard to grasp what it is they're doing it doesn't or what they did even like it doesn't make sense to me but you know we'll see well we will see i guess <laughs> that's the exact reason why everybody for months expected the giants to regress like like yeah there's no just... there's anyone anyone that tries to tell you that they knew the giants were going to be good is pure revisionist bullshit yeah pure revisionist bullshit nobody expected them to be good every talking head was dodgers padres all the way through there was not a soul that thought the Giants were going to finish above 500. Nobody. If you can find someone, I will Venmo you $5. <laughs> yeah, no. It, and prior to the season, that was that was the takeaway, is that 
the Dodgers are going to win the division, the Padres are going to win the wild card, and then the other three teams were going to finish way below the other two. Like, like that was that was the outlook the entire time. And then when the Giants came out to a hot start, people were like, all right, well, that's weird. They'll they'll regress. Like, that's what happens. Like, so I don't know. It's uh, you, you try to understand it, but sometimes you just you, you, you just you just can't reason with the devil. You just it's simply can't. <laughs> And of course, speaking of which, uh, we saw Alex Rodriguez uh, pitch <laughs> picked the uh, the Devils combo to be in the World Series, which is the yeah, Astros and Giants. Of course he did. Um, which, you know, it further lends credence to my belief that Alex Rodriguez is in fact uh, a devil um, in in, uh, in in human form, uh, because you would think if 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 Satan himself was walking around today, he would probably be Alex Rodriguez, uh, incredibly handsome. Uh, a very very charismatic uh despite the fact that he's done things that most people would just lose their career over uh he's instead the face of of baseball media where he's used by multiple networks um and has his own show on msnbc and can pop up on shark shark tank and can really do whatever he, he owns wants. a basketball team <laughs> he, owns, he owns a basketball team. he owns the minnesota timberwolves he is evil <laughs> He is evil incarnate. The The funnier part than that was Frank Thomas and David Ortiz both picking the team they played for to win the World Series. Of course, yeah. Like, come on. I'll okay. forgive it because you guys are funny. But there's no redeeming qualities about Alex Rodriguez, so he does not get forgiven. <laughs> White Sox over Dodgers in the World Series, and trust me, she'll like it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. Uh, I actually like I, I think that Big Poppy is actually a very good uh, studio analyst yeah. and I, I yeah. think that like especially over the last couple post seasons like when he's in there um, like he's somebody who gets how good the Dodgers are I know that's a weird thing to say but like last I remember last postseason when he was when he was an analyst like other guys were like trying to find ways to not pick the Dodgers and Ortiz would just be like this team is better. <laughs> this team is better yeah. than everyone. This team's stacked. Well, like, look how good these guys are. Like, he was, it's, he was it's the voice that, of reason. It's like that Kenny Ducey guy who was like, the Dodgers are a mirage for his gambling, uh, <laughs> yeah. his gambling employer. <laughs> Which, like, you really have to wonder how much money his employer made off of people seeing that and being like, oh, I should bet on the Cardinals then. <laughs> oh, God. I know. It's, it's so funny. He's like, I don't think the Dodgers are that good. Like, no, nobody else tried to make that sort of argument. No. Right. <laughs> no, every other argument was just like, it's Adam Wainwright in a one-game playoff. <laughs> Which is also, again, I think that's stupid, but at least that's right. more defensible. Yeah. 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 I would, I would gladly bet the underdog in one-game playoffs because if you can get plus money on one game in, in Major League Baseball, like, there, there's... There's good value in that. There's very strong value in that. So yeah, um, yeah. But uh, luckily, the favorite one. Hell yeah! All right. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I also think Dodgers in five, but like, I just don't. <sighs> now that I've thought more about this series, like I, I don't, I don't feel good again. But um, it, it's not, it's not quite the same sort of anxiety that I felt yesterday watching that one game. Um, now, like, you know, if the Dodgers lose a playoff game, I don't have to lose my collective shit over it. So, um, but there is a, there is a calm. There is. Yeah. 
Um, but now it's it's just like you just want to beat the Giants. You, you got yeah. it, it's it, we need to have you know the 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 three and five years was such horseshit um, that we've all been you know just collectively traumatized by that period of giant success that we need to watch a time where we can fully fire back at them and uh, to eliminate them in the postseason in a year in which they won 107 games would be incredibly satisfying to win the world series in back-to-back seasons would be, it would be a fun debate then to have with giants fans. on. Yeah, no, I would love, God, can you imagine how much fun it would be? To be able to be like, yeah, you guys can keep your division titles. We'll take the World Series. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's baseball. I don't expect to get that joy. No, no. I fully no, expect if can. the Dodgers get past the Bre- or the Giants, they're going to like get into a slugfest with like the Braves or something. Right. It's just it is what it is. But playoff baseball, baby, we love it. Well, Doesn't get any better than this. Hell yeah. I pull my hair out. This is just my month of October every year is is this until it ends. And it's like, God, why did I care about that so much? Luckily, last last October went very differently. Um, And hopefully this one goes. Yeah, man, I get uh, I get Dodgers Giants game one tomorrow. And then Saturday morning, I get Oklahoma, Texas. So I am just (laughs) a bundle of optimism (laughs) over these next two days. Yeah. I will be at a wedding during game one, so uh, I don't know how much I'm going to see of it. Probably none, um, but that's the best way. I yeah, I was thinking about going to see James Bond last night just so I wouldn't be near <laughs> my phone. Um, decided not to. So <laughs> I was uh, I was asked to go to the wild card game um, and I was working last night, so uh, I could not. Um, but also, I don't think I would have. <laughs> Okay, no, because, no, it would not have been because I, I don't know. I, I like when I get when I get in the zone. Well, OK. When I have alcohol in me during a playoff game, I'm actually way more tolerable because I don't get as anxious as I do when I'm completely sober. When I'm completely sober, like I can't talk to people like it's it's bad. Um, and And like I didn't sit for the entirety of the game like i was i was standing and facing in the studio the whole time i felt bad. i was in there with alex teicher and i'm like i feel bad like he just has this guy just towering over him for two hours just walking back and forth <laughs> occasionally yelling at things like i just like oh, man i'm sorry and i was supposed to work at the same time too i had to actually do my job simultaneously um i can't i i wouldn't be able Granted, at the game, I also would have been drinking, so I, I, I would have been a little bit better, and you're confined, so I can't just walk around, um, but I don't know. I don't know how I would have been able to handle that, and I also like went to game six of the 2017 World Series, which I handled way better than I handled last night, so yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as nervous anymore. I just didn't want to deal with the potential embarrassment of losing that game. Yeah, no, that would have been the worst feeling of all time. This is the one time where if the Dodgers lose this series, they're actually losing to like a team with a better record. Yeah, that's true. Like, mm. I, maybe the Cubs when they won the World Series had a better record than the Dodgers, but I don't know offhand. I think the, I, I think I saw that this is the the most combined wins ever in a playoff series. Yeah, <laughs> I it's, totally. It's by like fifteen games too. Like it's not even close. 
No. I don't think you would even need to look that up. No. <laughs> it's like the first one. The, the, the previous record was like 196. <laughs> and this is uh, <laughs> what, 213. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so, whew. Oh my God. well, we, uh, we hope for the best. Again, this is another episode where like, yeah, I don't think we're the guys to go to if you're looking for like real deep, hard crunching number analysis. Like it's it's it, we're just a couple of like really nervous Dodger fans <laughs> who, are, <laughs> who are like, yeah, I don't fucking know. I mean, they they probably should beat the Giants, but the Giants are fucking weird, so maybe not. And we just gotta we're gonna have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, I think that. We ended last episode on a positive note, so let's end this one on a positive note. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there were a ton of incredibly positive things to see from the wildcard game. You had Dave managing the bullpen excellently. You had Cody Bellinger getting on base three times and being a valuable asset in this one-game playoff. Um, you had Justin Turner going deep. You, you had Chris Taylor stepping up in that huge moment and being somebody who was plugged into the game and uh and came through in that manner i didn't mention this earlier i wanted to mention it though the two at-bats prior to chris taylor albert pujols and fucking steven souza jr who we made a joke about might be on the playoff roster after the last time he was dfa'd and <laughs> look at that he's yeah. back um steven souza hit the ball 106 miles an hour like he he crushed that thing both him and pujols hit it hit it in triple digits it was just right at center field yeah no and that that was when i knew that i think i think i kind of knew the dodgers had a good chance if mm-hmm. They just were rocking the ball off Reyes. Yeah. So you you have all these positives. Like I mentioned, obviously, you know, Kenley and Trine and pitching incredibly well, but also seeing Kelly and Knabel and Gratterall do their job incredibly well, I think is is a huge positive moving forward. Um, I expect Alex Vessia to have a great series because of the amount of left-handed bats that the Giants have. You'll see Vessia in some pretty high leverage situations, and I'm comfortable with that. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, like to, to see the guys who haven't been producing over the last month suddenly produce in that game, those are incredibly optimistic things to see. And then at the same time, Mookie looked good. Trey looked good. JT looked good. Will Smith hit the ball hard. He just, you know, he got out, but Will Smith looked good. Um, he didn't look perfect behind the plate, but it's fine. Um, yeah. So I, I think that there's a lot of positives to see. I think we're we're coming to the Dodgers have also won eight games in a row. Something to think about. Yeah. Now. So um, if you want to talk about how incredibly hot the Cardinals were, the Dodgers were able to stop that. <laughs> so um, there there are a lot of positives to take away, and there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic coming into the Giants series. The reason to be nervous is the fact that they're the Giants and they have defied all odds this season. And so there's no reason to think that they won't continue doing that. And that's what's scary. Yeah. No, it's, I, again, I think they'll win, but it's, it's going to be the most annoying series ever. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. All right. Well, the next time we talk, um, I'm sure we'll be uh, after this series in, in, in whatever sort of a mental state yes yeah it may just be me it may just be me because i may have to commit ryan we're not sure (laughs) that's true 5150 could be in order (laughs) 
will be lucky if I'm still around by the next series. Um, God. Okay. Well, uh, look, like we said, we're a top 10 Dodger podcast. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, we are the Dodgers podcast. Yeah, the. The, the quote unquote Dodgers podcast. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just please. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever. It, happens, it, it exactly. is what it is. Yeah. We're relaxed um, a little bit, but also tense again. So. Yeah, it's gonna be, gonna be such a joy. That's your October. All right. <laughs> uh, until next time. Uh, uh, fuck you, Don Wooden. Y'all have a good night. Now. See you, everybody.